You're listening to episode 116 of the Product Boss Podcast. In this episode, Jacqueline interviews Lisa Woodruff of Organize 365, all about her journey into becoming a product boss. Lisa has added a product, which she manufactured. She lets us in on how she's added that to her service-based business and how that process is going and where she is now. It's such a great episode. Lisa is so generous with the behind the scenes and you're in for an extra special treat because at the end of this episode, Lisa gives us an extra update since this interview was recorded about nine months ago. So you get to hear those extra lessons she's learned within that time. She is so great. So make sure that you stay tuned till the very end. So let's get started. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlositev, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, and today I am without my co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sita, but I am so excited because we have an incredible guest for you guys today. We have Lisa Woodruff from Organize365. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for having me, Jacqueline. This is going to be fun. So fun. Um, We have actually met in person. We met a little over a year ago in California. So I'm just really excited to connect with you again and hear about where your business has grown from where it was when you and I talked and where we are now in 2019. Yeah. Remember we um, shared an Uber or not a taxi, an Uber. Uber. Yeah. From the airport. And I hadn't used Uber before. And what were we in LAX? I was like, I don't know. I didn't understand any of it. So I was like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> like you got the Uber and then somehow you found me and I just got in it. And I was like, I- I'll just pay, but can you pick me up? This is where I am. Luckily I'm from LA because the, um, the airport is a little bit confusing and these like pickup spots, but they're in, they're in departures, not arrivals. So I was like, I remember we were, were like, boxing. Go here, do this. I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> we could have been anywhere else and I would not have been able to tell you where to go, but that worked out perfect. Um, so we spent an hour together driving in LA traffic. Mm-hmm. And so um, tell me a little bit about, tell me about your business. You are a podcaster. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do. So my company is called Organize 365. I started it January 1st of 2012. And when I started it, my goal was to have an online business where I was selling from a website, maybe an affiliate for different brands. I had brand partnerships. That was my vision of what Organize 365 would be. And I just set out to, how do you grow that? And so I started by representing some other companies. And then I found out that I was a professional organizer. So I grew it as a service business. And the service business gave me all the money I needed the first three years to even stay in business. And then in years four and five to make the transition into an online business. My goal has always been to help women anywhere in the world in any size dwelling organize their life and their home so that they can increase productivity. I've just taken like this, this path to get there. Yeah. 
And I listen to your podcast. Um, I'll go through it where I'm like, you know, when you get in those organizing modes and it's like, what do I do with all the paper and all the clutter? Because that is the bane of, I feel like most people's existence, which is why you've come out with a product. So tell us about your product. So in the course of uh, organizing people's homes, I realized that organization was a learnable skill and I have a teaching background. I have a degree in education. So I created an online program called the 100-Day Home Organization Program to Organize Your House. But what I really loved organizing, and specifically when I was in direct sales or I was helping people with their offices, was it was all paper. Like, how do you organize the paper? And I'm a nut. Like, if you put me in an office paper or photos, like, I will stay in there. I will only come out to get a refill of coffee and go to the bathroom. I will stay there for days. I love organizing paper. But I wasn't able to teach organizing paper like I was teaching how to organize your house because... It was so conceptual, like people hold a piece of paper in front of them and they want to know what to do with that exact piece of paper. And everybody's exact piece of paper is totally different and has a totally different story. And so I set out to how do I teach like organizing your house with paper and I couldn't find the products on the market to teach it. Like there are folders, there are file folders, there are slash pockets, whatever. But the, the common delineator when you are a teacher is everyone has to have the same materials in front of them. So then they could take their individual paper and put it in this system. And if I would use, you know, like Avery brand or, or go to Staples, they would change their colors. So if I created an online course and they changed the colors of the slash pockets or they changed the size of something, then my whole system would be gone again. Or people get really, because they're, they're frustrated with organization. And if their yellow is a little bit different color than your yellow, is that still okay, Lisa? And they were getting all caught up in the, in the colors and the sizes and the exact product versus the process of organizing paper. Right. Yeah. We're women are hard on themselves. <laughs> oh yeah. Perfectionist. Like, did we do this right? Is this, is this the right way? Which I think, I think often. Did I get an A? Did I get yeah. an A? Yeah. Did I do enough? Um, I think oftentimes like you do, you want those steps the steps, like, how do I do this? And again, like, I remember living, I remember my apartment that I was in listening to your podcast. Cause when, you know, when I was in New York city, it is a small space yes. with a lot of things and a lot of people. So you have to be very used to just throwing things away, which is very different than when you have now I'm in New Jersey and I have a basement and yes. cupboards and all the space. And then you start to, you know, ease out until, you know, storage spaces, if you really have that. I'm fine time. with storage spaces, by the way, to get I'm it out of fine. your house. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So you, let's just talk about sort of like the course of what's happened here. So over the last year you've transitioned from that, you had a team of two and you were, you were selling online courses, like a certification process for, mm-hmm. for what you do to now you have a team of 10 with a warehouse and physical products. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about this growth. So- So yeah, so year two in business, I um, added on a professional organizer. She became my lead organizer. We ended up with two more. So there were four of us that could organize in the house. That was my original team. And then once I got them to where they could go in and organize the house without me, then I started, uh, that's when I published my two books in 2016, 2017. I created the 100-day program. I started making brand connections and I started growing the online piece. So fast forward to when you and I met, I had discerned that if I was going to help organizing paper, which really doesn't exist, like there is no organizing paper category, um, I had to really start from scratch because the solutions we had were not working. Filing cabinets do not work. Nobody knows how to use them. All of it, like they're little tiny vertical graveyards. They just don't work. You could put things in binders, but then people take every single piece of paper and put them in a binder. Well, is that right? Now, 
So I had this system called the Sunday basket that I had been doing since my babies were two and six months old that I created on Sunday night. Like I would, I just had it. I spread out my whole to-do list and I ended up putting it in a basket on Sunday night and going through it every Sunday, hence the name, the Sunday basket. And I had been calling it that. I'd written an ebook about it in 2012. I trained tons of direct sellers on this idea of one place for all your weekly paper, your mail, your to-dos, the things, batteries that needs to be changed. And people were doing that. People were having success with it, except that there was no actual basket. So everybody had different baskets. They were all hot and bothers about that. And then also I had slash buckets in there, which are just like binder inserts with tabs, but they were specific colors. So everybody was putting their stuff in the basket and they even would buy these binder tabs, but they didn't know how to truly get to a productive life. All they were getting was one place for the paper and going through it every week, but they weren't getting increased productivity from it. And that's when I realized I had to make specific binder inserts and mine are all chromatic. So I have five in a row that would go in a binder, but they're all pink and all purple and all blue and all green. So there are 20. That's a lot of slash pockets. But as a teacher, I know there are only four colors, which is four divisions, which means you only see four projects instead of 20, even though you have 20 slash pockets. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I had to do was actually have my slash pockets manufactured in California. And I had, or I mean, in China, I'd met, when I met you, I was doing that. And we had just gotten the manufacturer for the actual physical Sunday basket box. And that was in production as well. All right. So let's talk about that then. Okay. So you yeah. had a physical product that was already in existence. So these slash pockets, but then yeah. you said you don't want people buying 20. They really only needed four colors. How did you, and you don't have to share resources, but like, how did you go about finding a manufacturer in China? Did you try them out? What was the whole process like for you? Yeah. So when I made the box, I had done a sponsored post, you know, like where a manufacturer will pay you to write about a product. I had done that in 2015 for a company in Texas that uh, had a foldable box. And I was like, well, if I had my dream manufacturer, I would have this manufacturer with this box built to my dimensions with my patented divider in it. And so I reached out to him and I think that was yeah, I had already flown down to see him when I met you. I just met with him. They said, absolutely, we 100% want to do this with you. They had a patent on the folding of the box, and I had a patent pending on the divider insert. So it's a co-patented product. That's why when you buy it, there are actually two logos on it. It has the Poppin Store logo and then also the Organized 365 logo. Uh, so we, we both have to like this product in order to sell this product. And they were going to make the box. Now, they are the lar largest private binder manufacturer in the United States. So when I went down there and met with him and went through the plant, I saw all the binders, and that's how my binders came to be. But I had already met somebody different for the slash pockets. So I have a friend here locally. She created this thing called the Car Cache. You can find it on Amazon. Like, it's a top seller. It's been on TV, all of that. And she sourced through a Chinese broker um, that product. And this guy's really cool, Joe, and I could give you his information for the show notes. It's okay. Untangled Consulting. He's awesome. Okay. I'm in Cincinnati. He's in Kentucky. What's really unique about Joe is that Joe is here in Cincinnati and his counterpart is in Shanghai. I don't know, somewhere in China. And so once they know what you want, he sends the physical product over to China. And then this guy goes factory to factory to factory to find exactly what we want and to check it and test it before they send the samples back. So we actually had a defective product come through and we were able to very quickly actually be in that factory and be, look, this is what you did wrong. And they were like, oh, okay, we'll do this 
differently and be able to see that because there's actually somebody in China doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to have advocates for you in, in China. So oftentimes, you know, people are sourcing on Alibaba and they're looking at places, mm-hmm. but there's nobody there following up. So I have friends that work for major, major fashion brands like Gap Brands, Nike, and oftentimes there's a team overseas or wherever the factories are, plus the team in the States. And they actually send the designers to the factories to do these iterations of everything because it's just easier to get the um, American employee over to China to deal with it than having to have somebody there try and tell them what to do and get the sample sent this way. So I think that's an amazing person that you found. So billing wise, do they take a fee to do this for you or does it end up coming at the end cost? This is a great story. (laughs) So when I first did this, like when I met you, I had my terms set up so favorably that the bank was like, well, we can't even give you a loan because you've set, you've set this up perfectly. So the manufacturer in Texas was going to actually mail out the Sunday baskets to my customers after they purchased them. And then I would pay after the fact. And the um, broker, I was one of his first clients. So he wasn't having me pay for the product until it actually arrived in my warehouse. So not when I ordered it, not when it shipped from China, but once I actually got it in my warehouse, which I didn't have, by the way, but that's another story. So, (laughs) but within the last year, immediately what happened with the Sunday baskets was um, they weren't shipping fast enough. The shipping was costing too much. They weren't set up to do individual shipping. They didn't know the volume I would be doing. So within a couple of months, we were taking ownership of the Sunday baskets here in Cincinnati and sending them ourselves, which meant A, I needed to get a warehouse. B, we had to get a shipping person. And C, we had to figure all that out. And we had to pay for the Sunday baskets when we took receipt of them versus when we sold them. So now we were in a cash flow negative position. And then also over the course of the year, um, Untangled Consulting, it's gotten a lot more clients. And they're like, hey, I'm out all my money this whole entire time. Like you have to pay half when you order and you have to pay half when it leaves China. So basically I've paid before, you know, six weeks before I even get them now. And so at least, so what the cool thing is, is that you have someone work, like, like working and looking for stuff for you, but there's mm-hmm. not a fee associated. And if he, right. if he gets what you need done right. and they're handling it, then he probably has the fee built in on the back he end does. with them. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. That is um, probably the most valuable thing. <laughs> so like that is amazing. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that resource and hopefully we bring him more business. Yeah. I'll let um, him know. He'll be so excited. Okay. He, I mean, Joe is awesome. He's so okay. great. Okay. Well, Joe, if you're listening, come on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, he would. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, cause that's the thing like, and for me with a fashion background, I, I would say I was an expert in domestic manufacturing, but what happens and what has happened is that so many of these plants leave, right? They're no longer mm-hmm. domestic. They're not here. There's certain things you just cannot make here or you can't make it for a reasonable price. So having a person like that watch out for you is really fantastic. Yeah, like yeah. they literally don't make slash pockets here in the United States. And and the factory they found is the factory that Walmart pockets. and Avery, like they all use, we're yeah. in that factory. Like we're made in the same factory. So did you have to hit minimums with, so you had the relationship yeah. with the boxes. Did he have you work on minimums with him? Yes, but because they are also making other boxes at that same manufacturer, they're shipping like containers full at a time. So it was okay for me to start in small quantities, but I've already exceeded their expectations of the quantities that we would order. And same with the slash pockets. I placed the very first order myself, 5,000. Okay. We're still working through that initial 5,000. It's a lot of, of the basic, uh, the basic ones. But then when we did the individual colors, that was a custom thing. And yeah, we did have to eat, I think it was a thousand. Per, per color, color. Or whatever, like yeah. everything that year was $6,000. So I have to tell you that year was this year's more, but everything I had to find $6,000 
for the patent pending, everything, everything cost $6,000 that year. Okay. Like, okay, well that's, so 6,000 all in. Well, each time. So each time. I, yeah, each Sunday basket, each kind of slash pocket, each patent pending, each, you know, when I got the lawyer to do all the trademarks and all that, that ended up being a $6,000 bill. Like everything for whatever reason was $6,000. Okay. Yeah. See, I thought you were like, I spent a total of $6,000 and I need no. all of these things. Each. No. Each. <laughs> um, each brained idea. Which again, thank you for sharing that number because Mm -hmm. oftentimes people come and they don't understand, especially with manufacturing and product Mm -hmm. businesses. And because you're not the maker of your product, you're outsourcing it and you're having like other manufacturers make this for you. There is a, there is, there's a lot of cash that goes out before you ever get the product and then sell the product. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it comes in damaged or they're, you know, pretty much. Yeah, I haven't ordered anything that has come in right. <laughs> so what happens there? Do they pay? Do they pay to then ship more to you and fix it? Um, yes, I have. I have not been out any money, and when I've been able to do some marketing or figure out something, I was able to make it a win-win for everybody involved. Perfect. Yeah. And that's a big thing too. And I'm sure you're experiencing that is just like working with them because when you're getting this, I mean, you're telling me it's in a container on the slow boat, right? So, oh, oh, and that slow boat got stuck for an extra eight weeks because of the Trump tariff that was supposed to be coming through. And then I'm calling my manufacturer going, yeah, but he gave us another 90 days. So could we unload the boat? But what was happening over there, because this is happening to everybody right now. I mean, like everybody is, if you didn't pay money to have your boat unloaded first, other people were paying to jump in line in front of you. So literally, literally the boat was in California just waiting as other boats kept jumping in front. And then once you got offloaded, then they wouldn't undo that. And then you had to get on the rail and everybody was trying to beat the January 1st, you know, 25%, whatever. Yeah. Wow. Good timing, right? Oh, perfect. Perfect timing. (laughs) The cool thing is, is that you got to go through this. So then now anything else can happen because hopefully this doesn't happen again. But a lot of, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people move their manufacturing to South America and other places because of what's happening, which obviously is, I think the result some people were hoping for, but that is really frustrating. So. Well, and I would say, um, because my manufacturer, every time I place the Sunday basket order, they're like, it's going to cost more. It's going to cost more every single time. And you know, it's, it's, not even a whole dollar per basket. You know, it's, it's upping. I, well, the tariff will be 25%, which will be significant. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're going to do a physical product, price it high. Yes. Like price it like you're, price it with your intellectual property in mind. Cause even our manufacturer, our baskets are $38. And he's like, $38. How are you going to get $38 from just the basket? I was like, well, that's the price. <laughs> and they're like, but it ha- will people pay that? I was like, yeah. Because yeah. what can they compare to? There is no other Sunday basket. And they're like, paying for the no system. Mm-hmm. So now that, you know, we've had to change um, a couple of things in the manufacturing that's increased price and now this tariff will come through, but our pricing to the public will not change because I built there. in for Lisa learning. Like all of my products have like a, a Lisa learning component to them for like Lisa figuring out that you have to buy a bigger warehouse and an employee in order to sell a basket. You know, I didn't think of that when I priced it, but I'm glad I priced it where I did. Don't Great. price it too low. No. And I, and that's another like good point because oftentimes people will think, you know, so often people kind of like the manufacturer you're working with for the boxes, will somebody actually pay that? Right. And you were confident enough to say, well, I have this system. I have podcasts dedicated to this. I have trainings dedicated to this. Like, yes, if they follow the system, they're going to want this to go with it. Um, versus, 
some people are like, oh no, like no one's ever going to pay like $45 for the necklace I'm making, for example. And you're like, well, it's precious stones. You're hand making it. They're sourced in the US. There's a whole bunch of reasons why they should. And then there's what you can do to support it. So sometimes people are not doing their costing correctly or marking up the right way where they have that that the right margins built in. Um, Well, and I include shipping in mind because with Amazon, everyone expects not to pay shipping. Right. And to ship one of these boxes costs $12. Are they, are they, to ship it? Are they built up or are they folded? No, they're flat. They're flat. And And we do it the cheapest way possible. So if you also don't know this people, the U S postal service, I love by the way, they have regional boxes. Have you guys talked about this on air? Oh my gosh. Okay. Get ready. Get out a pen and paper. (laughs) You can only do this online. You go to usps.com and then you go to free shipping supplies. And inside of free shipping supplies, there are regional rate boxes, regional rate A and regional rate B. Regional rate B is big enough. You could put a 12 by 12 scrapbook in it. And regional rate A is the perfect size for like 20 catalogs. So as a direct seller, we would mail the packages to our customers for a home party in regional rate A. So for example, a flat rate uh, USPS box is what, $12.95 or $13 something. A regional rate box is $8. It's mm-hmm. a huge difference. So if your product can fit in a regional rate box, and it goes pretty far, not the whole United States, but I'm in Cincinnati, so I'm sort of centrally located. Shipping to California is always going to cost us. But other than that, we could get most things there in a regional rate box for less than a medium rate box. So it's free to get the boxes, get all the boxes delivered to your house, Another thing you need to know about these regional rate boxes is they're hard to get. So when you order them online, they don't have them at your local post office. They have to order them in from somewhere else. And sometimes your orders won't come in. You can only order a hundred at a time. So when do you get to the point where you're using a lot of them, then you need to order them and then order them. And then we had people on our team all ordering them. And then now we have a, we have a postal carrier and they just send them whenever we need them. So build a relationship with whoever you're shipping with. We do UPS now. UPS now for California and we use the US Postal Service for everything else and we love it. Amazing. Yeah. I really think in the community a lot of people use USPS, which is wonderful to hear. They're really because, easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a they had to catch up with what was happening with yeah, UPS. Yeah, they've really, really, truly have done a good job to keep up with packages being being mailed. So that's great. And even UPS will say that they um for these smaller ones that'll fit in regional rate, don't even quote their prices that USPS is going to beat them. Oh. Good to yeah. know. We've done a lot to, of research on this, Jacqueline. Yes. I used to, when I, when I used to mail out my product, um, we would get, because you could also, you, let's call it UPS, you could get free express boxes and free express bags. So kind of ghetto. But we would sometimes reverse them inside out and use those to ship. So it kind of helped with yeah, the we packaging. Yeah, whenever possible. Yeah, just inside out, um, mail them. Because a lot of people, I think, get caught up sometimes in the external box. They want it to be branded. Right. Um, that's like a big part of what they want to do. And I hear two sides so to it because some people, it's expensive. It is. And people tend to want to steal those. Mm. Right. So if it's an inconspicuous, because if I'm on, I have the ring doorbell, and then it's all the alerts from you like do. local neighborhood with guys swiping things off your doorstep, and girls. Um, and so I think people get really caught up in that packaging and that box being delivered versus maybe saving them money on that front end. Right. Eight but bucks. If you're going to offer free shipping, you really have to think what is the cost of that free shipping, and you need to put that in the cost of your product. And have you built it in then for the more expensive, like the twelve dollars? To yes. account for Cal- mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and our 
we have a lot of intellectual property. So our 100-day home organization program, we send you a planner, but it's a $500 program. It's almost all digitally produced. So that's obviously a really high profit margin. Our Sunday basket is our lowest profit margin. But you need all of the pieces. If you, if you keep organizing, you end up getting all the pieces. So some have a higher profit rate than others. And we don't have a loss leader, but if, if we end up having one, then that's okay too, because we know we're selling the whole system ultimately. Great. So you're doing a lot of shipping um, for yeah. for all of the types of services. I was just talking to Natalie Gingrich yesterday because she did yes. the 100-day. <laughs> oh, yes. She found me, our new director of operations. I used her service to hire her. She did. Oh, I love Natalie. Yes. She was on our earlier episodes and I'll link that in yeah. the show notes for everybody to kind of follow. She is really, truly incredible. Uh, but she, yeah. we were talking about the new show, um, Tidying Up with yes. Marie Kondo. It's gone viral. Everyone's talking about of it. Of course. But disclaimer, there's subtitles, so you can't multitask. She doesn't know English. <laughs> yes. So you can't. I Actually, I have an organized, um, someone who had organized my house locally, and I told her about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it while I paint whatever. She was painting a room for yeah. in her house. And then she texted me. She's like, um, so I couldn't really... So that is awesome because, so, and you should think about this as a marketer for your product too. Like obviously Marie Kondo, when people think about decluttering and tidying up, they think Marie Kondo. They do not think Lisa Woodruff. However, I have a podcast called Why the Magic Art of Tidying Up Does Not Work for American Women. (laughs) And I'm very detailed. I mean, it's not a slam. It's like, it's very detailed and it it explains it. And um, she is opening up the discussion about getting organized. She's not an organizer. She's a declutterer decluttering is stage one, organizing is stage two. So as soon as that came out, of course, my audience is watching it too and everybody in my professional organizing community. And then they start tagging me and they're like, but she needs to know this about Lisa. And then they're ready for Lisa and Lisa will do it this way. And this is why Americans... So so it's like the awakening or like, yes, you have to lose the weight. Well, okay, great. I'm not going to get a Peloton bike. So what else am I going to do? Or it's more than just the bike and it's opening up the discussion, which I think is awesome. I agree. And I think that the purging we are, cause yes, if you watch the show, she doesn't do anything. She walks and tells you and leaves. Um, <laughs> this is how you fold. But I think it's that purging aspect, which so much of, and I don't know if it was on your podcast, I heard this, but that like keeping things are just delaying decisions. So mm-hmm. all of the things are delayed decisions. And I think with what you're doing um, for your product with a Sunday basket, it's all these papers. And some of us don't know what to do with the papers. What do you do? How long do you keep bank records? Um, what do you do? Right. There's so much paper now. Even my kids going to elementary school, the yes. amount of paper they send home, I cannot even believe. Yes. You know? And you know, when you look at it too, um, even though she follows them through days and days and it takes them a process to declutter, my program is lifelong. Like you do the 100-day program over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so what I found as a professional organizer, I could go in people's homes and literally do their entire house in one week. We could. Our team would go in and we would do it. That is not the same as getting yourself organized. It is a process. You you have to go through the struggle of going through all the stuffed animals and all the shirts that don't fit and the shoes that you paid a hundred bucks for your very first hundred dollar pairs of shoes and you only wore them once because they hurt bad. Uh, you know, it's all that stuff that you have to wrestle through. And then, so the next time you don't buy it again, or just being comfortable with, hey, I'm this age and I like this kind of clothing and I'm never going to be wearing that kind of clothing. So I have to let it go and go ahead and invest the money in the new way I want to be like, there's a lot of transformation that happens and it's not just happening one time. Like you do that three times a year. Like you're constantly improving, bettering yourself and getting more productive each time. Because when you come out of Christmas and people have yeah. given you all sorts of things that you didn't Get want. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what goes in the Sunday basket? What are, what, what is the system? 
Okay. So the Sunday basket is a box with slash buckets in it and you put all of your paper in there. Literally you walk around your house like a scavenger hunt and you find all the loose papers, receipts, bills, um, books you mean to read, newsletters from the kids' school, papers that need to be returned, all of it. It's in your bathroom. It's in your kids' room. It's in your room by the nightstand. It's in your car. It's in your purse. It's in your laundry room. It's everywhere. And you get it in one location. And first you get rid of everything you can. And the rest that's left is what needs to be done. So I don't have a to-do list anymore. I have this basket. And every Sunday I go through this basket. I get rid of everything I can. I open all my mail. Yes, I open my mail only once a week. Pay all my bills respond to all the emails I need to, check all my text messages from the week. It takes like 90 minutes to two hours to do all of this. And then I set my priorities for the week. Like, okay, these are all the things that have to get done this week. When am I going to get them done? I calendar block them on my calendar and then I move on along with my life. Now, what happens when you first do this is you realize that you can't get done this week everything you need to get done this week, which is not new information. You just didn't have it all in one place before. And now you realize why you're never making any progress is because you have more on your to-do list than you could possibly get done. And you start making the decisions on Sunday as to what actually isn't going to get done this week before it's Thursday night and you go, fine, those eight things aren't going to get done this week. On Sunday, you know you can't do it all. So either you get a sub for you or you just really, a lot of it is just mentally saying, I can't wear 89 hats. I have to pick seven. Like, and these are the seven right now. But if you really go deep dive in on the ones that you need to handle, like for me, bill paying, Last year, one of the things I did was I automated almost everything. So now my Sunday basket bill paying time is like three minutes. It used to literally be 45 minutes every single weekend because I balanced my checkbook and I wrote out all my checks. And so, but now that's totally gone. So now I have time for whatever the next thing I'm going to improve on and automate is. Mm, Amazing. All right. So, and then are you selling just direct to customers online? Is it through your website? Is it on Etsy? How are you selling? So I got rid of Etsy. We got rid of Amazon. It's all direct to customers. Uh, The Sunday Basket is on sundaybasket.com and everything else is on Uh organize365.com. And then we also have certified organizers. So other professional organizers who are growing their business through a service industry, the thing that I noticed was that most people who are good at professional organizing aren't necessarily good at marketing and sales. They're very analytical, math, task-oriented. They're not as much like, hey, how you doing? You know, like at a party. So... I wanted to help them find my customers because I don't do in-home organizing anymore and my customers are all over the world now. And so I teach this Sunday Basket system and we have online videos and all that, but I'm a teacher and I know some people need the hand-to-hand organizing. So we've created Sunday Basket workshops Mm -hmm. and they are physical Sunday Basket workshops and people get certified and they do them all over the United States and they resell the Sunday Basket supplies as well. Cool. So they kind of become like affiliates or, and then do they have to pre, pre-buy from you the product to then resell it or do they sell? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They buy it wholesale. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. I love this model because you actually have a lot of different models working in your business yes. right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. I just keep doubling down on what does the American homeowner need? We sell internationally, but what does the American homeowner need to get organized? They need the 100 day program. Then they need a Sunday basket. After they figure out the Sunday basket, then we have a way for you to ditch your filing cabinet and we have a system of binders that do that. But if you get through the whole thing, um, you're organized. Like you're all organized. Yeah. Um, The binders. I have my own makeshift Lisa Woodruff binders (laughs) 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 on my counter because it's so, I mean, and and I've actually looked at your product, I think, right? I think it was after I listened to the podcast and I organized because like I said, my son started going to kindergarten and Mm -hmm. and it was a whole new world of all the things, right? Yes. 
preschool's different. Like they don't make you keep up on stuff. And then kindergarten was like, these are all the dates they're off. These are their half days. This is their logins for all these apps they have to get into. So I definitely started doing, doing, um, some of that to just have that, you say like that quick reference, you just get to open it up. Paper's not going away. It's just not going away. Like we need some paper. Yeah. And if we digitize it, I mean, if you're really good at, I'm not good at digitizing. I'm just not good at looking at some for something on a computer that's not work related. Like if it's my home, I want to be able to access it in the kitchen when I'm making dinner, when I'm talking to the kids, like I want to just flip open a binder and go, okay, great. Here's your birth certificate. We'll go get your driver's license tomorrow, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's a quick place to grab and go, right? Like if mm-hmm. you, you need it, I think you were saying too, like you would take things in your car and have the yeah. binders with you for like doctor's appointments and whatnot. Yep. Um, obviously I listened to the podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I know a lot about you, Lisa. <laughs> well, I listen to your podcast as well and I'm always gleaning information, which is why I'm like, did they share this yet? But I, I think those regional rate A boxes and that um, China broker would really help a lot of people. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I think that is just amazing. So, um, were you, where are you going with us now? Like, do you, do you have plans for t- 2019 to really grow this at all? Or do you kind of, are you going to just kind of keep doing what you're doing and, st- and stabilize and grow what you're actually doing right now? Yeah. So we, like I said, we just brought on our director of operations the first week in 2019. And then our goal is in 2018. So from when I met you at the end of 26, 17, 17 yeah. I had no physical products yet. And it was a Sunday basket virtual webinar and the 100 day program already existed with the planner. I didn't have any binders even created. I didn't have any work boxes. We have six work boxes. We're coming out with an IEP binder, a realtor box. We've come out with all these products. So last year, all we did was create, 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 manufacture, and build a warehouse. And we moved twice. And now we're in 1,500 square feet. So 2019, I just had a meeting with our team. And I said, this is our year of excellence and 110% because we're never going to get perfect. But last year, we shipped everything. Like every idea we had, we got it all organized. We got it ordered. We got it in the website. And we got it into people's hands. Mm -hmm. And now we're like, okay, that's great. But when they order this product, they should get a video from me. And then they should go to this page, which is an onboarding page. So we don't have the video or the onboarding page, or we're seeing in customer service, these five questions the most, we're going to add those to our frequently asked questions. So we're looking at every single product, every single onboarding sequence, every single role inside of Organize 365, like where we buy our boxes. We buy them from Uline. Where else can I buy them? There has to be another place that we could buy boxes from. And so how do we cut costs on those things that we're buying every day? And how do we make the customer experience even better? We're adding very, very few, if any, new products, but just getting more people into the system. So we have about over 1,000 now, and we'd like to see 5,000 by the end of 2019. Amazing. And I'm no, I know you'll do it. Yeah. I mean, I think, so I, we just did an episode. I'm not sure if it airs or not by the time this, this one episode airs, but um, we were talking about development. So do you continuously develop? And so it sounds like your year was development. And now this year is about cleaning it up, cleaning up the processes, seeing what sells. You probably are going to see ebbs and flows to your busy seasons and yep. what do you do in in your business versus on your business. Yeah. And I love that too, like the customer service, because everything that you can do now is just going to clean up the internal processes, mm-hmm. have the product figured out. And then by what next year, hopefully either you're going into development more, you're digging deeper into something. And then, and then it's easy for you then Lisa to transfer most of this information to somebody else. 
right. and take a step out of it. So my my login for my computer at home last year was CEO because like uh-huh. I was becoming the CEO. I hired seven or eight people in eight weeks, and you know I was training everybody all year, and we were shipping all these products. This year my login is don't do it. <laughs> so I have to type in there don't do it, and then I go into my email because what I'll do oh, I'll just do that. I'll just do it. So now mm-hmm. I turn on Zoom. I'm like okay. I did it, but here's how you do it. Don't email me that anymore. So the goal is that by the time we have our um, national conference in June, that my team can pretty much do everything and I'll be finishing up my book and TED Talk and things like that. Amazing. Yeah. I'm yeah. so excited to see what happens, but thank you for sharing all of this. So we, since you listen to the podcast, you probably know yeah. that we ask these questions at the end. There are fun yes, rapid and I was just like, questions. darn it. And I don't remember what they are, but I do listen to the podcast. It's better that you don't because it's always <laughs> fun to be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> okay. So the, okay. So what is your coffee order? So I get a caramel macchiato hot at Starbucks. Oh, that I, I know. Caramel macchiatos. Yes. Good. Okay. Yes. And then what is your favorite thing on your desk? Oh, my favorite thing on my desk. Can I not? Well, my Sunday basket. <laughs> and it's right there. So if you guys see the video, it is right there. Yeah. Um, finish the sentence. When I pick up my phone, I... Go to Instagram. I love Instagram. I love doing Instagram stories. I don't know why. Everything's happy on Instagram is what I've decided. There's no negative on Instagram. Yeah. There's not a lot of rants. You know how on Facebook no, there yes. are those negative rants? Like every other one. Yeah. 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 That's you're, you're very correct about that. It's, it's like the happy, shiny place of like, yes, let's I talk. Like happy, shiny. Yeah. yeah. Me too. We need it. Um, you wish you knew how to. I wish I knew how to play the piano better. Like I had an instrumental song at my conference last year and then I bought the sheet music and I'm down there playing it. I love it, but I wish I could just sit down and really just play it. Mm. Just like have people in your living room while you're playing them songs. Yeah. And singing along. <laughs> what was the last show you binge watched? Oh, um, well, currently we're doing Last Man Standing because that's what my husband loves. And we did Designated Survivor, which I loved Designated Survivor. And then I myself was Saving Hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just did that one. Designated I Survivor. I TV. I- I do while I'm doing things. So that's how yeah, I get it. I have it on in the background while I do puzzles or I'll even have it on my phone while I'm doing dishes and stuff. And I just listen to shows. That's why I love mm-hmm. podcasts because totally. I'm auditory. A hundred percent. Same thing. I'm like, I can actually do the dishes if something else is happening. So um, we watch a show like Designated Survivor and my husband was like, who is that guy? And then I'll like tell him and why it's important. And he's like, but you didn't even look up. I'm like, yeah, but I know who it is. <laughs> you just have to glance <laughs> like I catch up things yeah. just by listening. Yeah. yeah. Um, what should the title on your business card, if you have one, actually say? CEO and founder. Great. And then do you have an alter ego or stage persona? I don't. Okay. So this was really fun. Last year at my conference, I spoke the entire time. Like I was the only speaker. I was never nervous at all. I totally changed directions in the middle of the conference and we did something else and something else went long. And I thought, wow, I really love talking to my audience on my podcast, at my events. And I decided from there on out that I really don't want to speak on anybody else's stage. I Mm. only want to speak on mine. Like people who are drawn to my energy and my ideas on my podcast or at my live events, I'll give you everything I have, but I don't need to go out and speak on other people's stages. Like I'm happy with the audience that I have and anybody that wants to come join us. Uh Um, And I used to really want to be a traveling public speaker. I don't want that anymore. Amazing. I'm I'm really the same person that I'm sitting right here talking to you. I'll be exactly like this at the conference I do. 
Amazing. And then last question is we like to say that entrepreneur years are like dog years. And so we learn a lot per year, hence you doing doing this for just about over a year. Um, so what would you tell baby Lisa, young Lisa in the product-based biz world? What advice would you um, give her? I usually say don't do it. Uh, <laughs> but here's the problem. I like walk through Staples where I love to go and nothing is new in the last 50 years. Nothing. And there's so many women that cannot get their paper organized. So while I would say don't do it, I think it's good that you don't know what you're getting into. And you're like, oh, yeah, it'll be easy. Oh, yeah, I'll just, you know. And sometimes if you think it's going to be easy, it actually is. Like I have two manufacturers. I own, The very first two people I talk to are the people I'm working with. Like it wasn't that arduous and hard, mm-hmm. um, but really to have a good vision. So my vision is that people would not have kitchen paper piles anymore or to-do lists or filing cabinets that they would just have a Sunday basket and binders and be done. And so because I can see that when people talk to me about what they have, I put their stuff in these two systems. I'm like, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. All right. So you'd say, do it. <laughs> do it because you have no idea what you're doing. And you do it because you have no idea and, and the pain will go away. And get in the more end. money. Get more. I spent the last six months of last year getting more money and I already had great money going in, but I became a corporation. I went from the LLC to a corporation um, right before we started physical products for a lot of reasons. So the bank put me back at a brand new business mm-hmm. and wouldn't credit all of the money that I made in the first six years of my business to my new business. It would give me all the credit I wanted for the LLC and it would give me like $20,000 for the corporation. And then all of a sudden you heard what happened with my manufacturers and now I'm needing to write really big checks and now my payroll is growing and now we have a warehouse. And so I was very cash poor and finally, I was able to stay at U.S. Bank and not go to a small bank. They actually were able to get me a second credit card and a loan and up my line of credit. But you need a lot more money than you think you do and make sure that your whole family's on board, that you're investing that kind of money. Mm, that's good advice. Yeah. I always say it's going to take way more than you think it's going to take. Yeah. Like think six figures. Think, you're trying to get to a six-figure business. Let's think in six-figure credit. We need multiples of six-figure credits. <laughs> it takes it, – it, it's true, and I know it sounds cliche, but it takes money to make money. And you mm-hmm. really do, especially in product, which is why we wanted to create this community, mm-hmm. was that other people didn't understand that inventory kept them awake at night, right? Like you have all this money invested in inventory, and now you need to get it out, out and into I think the world. It's a lifelong problem that you're solving. Like Mina with her little labels – Everybody who has babies is like, oh, dang, how am I going to label these things? And they don't know it till they need it. Right. Well, once you clean out your family, you know, your, your parents' house and you realize how much paper they have, you're like, who has a paper organizing solution? Me. Guess yeah. who else does? No one. So <laughs> I have invested all this time and money in these physical products, but nobody else has. So I'm in it for the long haul. Like this is a 25-year business. This isn't like a, a fad at all. I'm developing a new way of organizing something people normally just shove in a drawer or put in their basement. I love it. So share with our listeners how they can connect with you, find you, and um, buy your product. Uh, Start listening to the Organized 365 podcast. That'll just give you a little bit more about me. Follow me on Instagram stories. I love doing my stories. And then you could shop at organized365.com slash shop. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lisa, for being on the product class. Hey, everybody. Mina here. Wasn't that such a good episode? And as promised, here is an update from Lisa. Since we recorded this episode in early January, um, she has given us an update on what is going on with Organize 365 now. Hey, everyone. 
Mina and Jacqueline and I recorded this podcast back in January of 2019, and you as a product boss know that a lot can happen in nine months. So I'm hopping in here in this outro to just kind of give you an update about Organize 365 and what has happened in 2019, specifically in the product part of my business. So I wanted to jump in here because I almost moved to a fulfillment center and then I didn't. And I want to tell you why I was going to move, why I ended up not moving, and what Organize 365 is going to do going forward. So at the time of this recording, we were in like a 1,300, 1,500 type square foot warehouse, which is where we still are today. And we have renewed our lease for next year. At the end of January, we ended up putting in a lot of industrial shelving, which allowed us to go vertical instead of horizontal in our space. And I would say 2019 is the year where I played in my office slash warehouse the most. I continued to paint, reorganize, and redecorate. And now we actually have like a little conference room, an eating area, and a warehouse office space with three people working there pretty much full time during the week. I never thought we could squeeze all of that into that small space, but we were able to. So the reason we thought about going to Fulfillment Center was for two reasons. Number one, actually three. Number one, I got a book deal. So August 4th of 2020, The Paper Solution is going to be coming out with Putnam Books, which is a division of Penguin Random House. I'm super excited. It's going to kick off a nine-month book tour where I go across the United States. It's a dream I've had for over a decade, and I cannot wait to do that. And so when I was thinking about that, in addition to the fact that two of my employees in the beginning of 2019 were ill or injured in different ways, I really started realizing that I was growing two different businesses. I was growing a product fulfillment business in addition to an online media and content creation business. And the people I was employing on my team in both of those businesses had different insurance requirements, liability requirements, income requirements. And I was actually growing two different businesses at the same time. Additionally, cash flow is always an issue in a product business, not necessarily in an online or service business, but you know if you're in a product business that cash flow is a big thing. So because of the cash flow, because of the space constraints, because of the book tour coming out, and because of the two different kinds of employees that I was needing to employ, I thought about going to a fulfillment center. This summer, I interviewed fulfillment centers. I picked the one that I wanted. Like we literally even had our team buy the plane tickets to go to Texas to move to the fulfillment center. And then two weeks before we were supposed to do it, I pulled the plug. We we used the, the plane tickets and we still went down there and had a fun team day, but we did not move to the fulfillment center. And why did I change my mind? So the reasons why I changed my mind were number one, the numbers that the fulfillment center were giving me verbally on the phone, through different meetings and in the contracts, all did not match. And because those numbers didn't match, I lost confidence and I thought, you know what? I think I'm getting in over my head. The other thing is at the beginning of 2019, I thought I'm growing this corporation and everybody's going to have job descriptions. I had a director of operations and I was scaling my business. And now nine months later, my team and my income is actually higher and that's not the kind of business I'm growing anymore. I read the book Small Giants and I absolutely love it. And I now feel like I'm growing a small giant and we are a family. And so while everybody in our company has a different primary role, whenever there is a lot of activity in any one area, we jump in and help the other person and we don't work within individual roles inside of Organized 365. We have job descriptions, but they're only good the day they're written. Our job descriptions constantly change. 
So we did not move to a fulfillment center, but we were going to have a sale in September in order to clear out our warehouse in order to move. And I decided to keep the sale. I thought we'd have a couple hundred orders. You know, it'd be a nice little bump in pay. Oh no, we had 500 orders. So 500 orders came in. We have one person in charge of shipping, Janet. Janet cannot ship 500 packages. So because I had changed my thought about the business model I was growing to a small giant, it was no big deal. We ordered in pizza, we ordered in coffee, and everybody came over to the warehouse and shipped for a couple of days. During this time, my daughter was also hospitalized, and so I was pulled out of the day-to-day of the business, and the girls all rallied, and they got it done without me. Yes, we ran out of inventory. Yes, all kinds of things went wrong, but you know what? That's what happens in a growing company. And as I always say, there are no organizing emergencies. I even went on Instagram, and I verbally said, if you're stressed out because your order is not shipping in two days, then maybe Organize 365 isn't the company for you. There is no reason to stress out about a company, uh, a product shipping within 24 hours or to stress out my team when we're offering a great sale and we're just trying to make everyone happy. So I have totally changed in the last nine months in the kind of business I'm operating in how I feel about our customers. I love our customers more than ever, but I'm not going to create a crisis where a crisis doesn't exist. And we're just going to keep growing at this model. Will we move to a fulfillment center in the future? I don't know. The one thing I will tell you that has not changed since this interview was recorded is the one thing, the one thing that drives everything in your business is you. So all of the thought and time that you are investing in money should be in you and your mental mindset and being ready to solve bigger problems and to be available for whatever opportunity comes your way. Listening to the Product Boss Radio podcast is a great place to start. I love listening to Jacqueline and Mina and their stories each week. And I just feel so honored and blessed to have been able to be a part. Thank you so much. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.